Hey, hello and welcome back to It's New Orleans. We're coming to you live today from the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue in the heart of Uptown New Orleans. The Collins Hotel is a great place to come and have a drink if you live in New Orleans and a great place to come and stay if you're coming to New Orleans. My name is Grant Morris and my special guests this week on It's New Orleans are Rick Olivia, otherwise known as Rico. Hey. Brandy Addison, otherwise known as DJ Bombshell. Hello. Alexis Marceau, otherwise known as Alexis Marceau. Hello, Radio <laughs> And Sam Craft, otherwise known as Sam Craft. Hello, and, and I'm completely naked. Thank you. <laughs> and collectively known as the band Glasgow. Well, we have two bands, and that's one of them. So what's, the, what's the other one? The other one's just under my name, so. The other one's the Alexis Marceau band? Yes. Okay, and in our studios in Los Angeles, Mitch Foreman. Hi, Mitch. How's it going, guys? We're doing very well. Tell us what's going on in L.A. Are you hot or cold? We are freezing here. Uh, you know, it's nice, actually. It turned really nice. last couple days have been beautiful. Yeah, well, it's going to be beautiful here eventually. In cities like Los Angeles, you know, when you, when you go to a place like the Collins Hotel, the person who's, who's waiting on you normally is an aspiring actress or an aspiring actor. Here in New Orleans, it's a little bit different. The person who's waiting on you usually or mowing your lawns or painting your house is not an aspiring musician, but probably a very talented musician. <laughs> Could be. And yeah, there's a lot of bands here. It's that's true. The, that's the main difference, I think, between between cities in, in, that are that are in uh, you know the other cities in America and New Orleans is that this music is is so entwined in in the lives of so many people here, and the, and our four guests this uh, this week on it's New Orleans are really good examples. Rick Olivia, Rico, we call you Rico, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my nickname. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get onto that in a minute, but. But Rico is a, was a, is a photographer and an author who discovered somewhere along the line that he's also a musician and started playing music. Brandy, I mean DJ Bombshell Boogie, is, a, is an English graduate who could have probably gone on to do anything and went into DJing and radio and has crafted a life completely around music. Pretty much. And you guys, Alexis and Sam, are graduates of NOCO in classical music. And supposedly could have had a career as classical musicians yeah, and we, sold out and rock we, and roll. We were aspiring dog walkers and got stuck in this music thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have a chance at being a dog walker? Yeah, I'm actually I, I'm moonlight walking dogs right now. So do you really? Yeah. He's not even joking. <laughs> I just started. I just started my dream. Back up. Yeah. So like that's kind what of a quarter I'm life crisis. That's what I'm saying. See, <laughs> the, the people in New Orleans who who is your dog walker yeah. is actually a talented, classically trained musician. You need that time, sort of walking alone with your uh, canine, to just kind of focus all your ideas. You know. How do you yeah. get? Uh, how do you get uh, someone to hire you? Uh, 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 you see me walking someone else's dog, and then you say, "Hey, can you walk my dog?" So you don't have to roll over and play dead or anything. No, no. but you, they might ask you to sing a song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really. And then, yeah. and then that you just wow them, and then they're like, "You're hired." Yeah, so. it's kind of a it's kind of a thing that I have the monopoly on in this town. <laughs> so you're the, you're the best qualified classical musician dog, dog walker, walker there in, ever. in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what Sam, kind have of you a, heard the Rufus Thomas song "Walking the Dog"? Oh, of course. Yeah, that was cool. my inspiration. Okay. Yeah. How does that go? <laughs> just a, just a, just a, just a, just a, just a walking. That's the kind of thing he does. Yeah. That's cool. And so, how did you get into dog walking? Why dogs? Uh, uh, a friend of mine needed uh, me to walk her dog, and I found out that I loved it. You love walking dogs? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do it together, and it's it's really fun. We actually yeah. write songs on the walk sometimes. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. a couple? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We can't. Shh, the dog's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> what, came, what came first, the music, the dog, or the relationship? 
I think the music. Yeah. The music. We what, met yeah. because we needed people. We needed each other and each other's yeah. bands. I needed. I, I was. I had Glasgow, and I needed a singer for Glasgow, and and um, I needed and strength from. And for she needed Marceau. a fiddle player for her band, so we just. Yeah. So yeah. you might as well go to bed together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm the dog. Sometimes she's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is gone. This Woo! is gone very, very bad. I'm gonna drink some water now. <laughs> it's convenient, and we—it's a very symbiotic relationship for sure. But yeah. um, some people would say that it's difficult it to work together and and uh, have a relationship. How do you guys? Well, it works for it? no doubt. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Some well, good songs came we out find that it works very well. Yeah, yeah. We, we. I think you gotta be. You have to have the right chemistry. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I definitely think we, we, we finish each other's sentences. Uh, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say I would have said sandwiches, but. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been together? Uh, about a year and a half. Wow, pretty good. Yeah, yeah so far, good. so good so far. And how many hours a day do you spend together? Twenty-three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> there's some times when I'm in the bathroom. Okay, and there's no need to ask if they're married now, okay? <laughs> what does that mean, Rico? They're 23 hours no, a day. No way in hell. How, long have, how many times have you been married? Only once. And how long was it for? It's for 14 years You're now. still married? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, so you're not against marriage. I love marriage. Okay, so why you doing... Uh, how else would a woman stay with me? <laughs> <laughs> Unless she was forced by law. <laughs> Well, they're not, you're not forcing someone to stay with you just by marrying them. No, I they can still sweet nothing since yeah. we're here. So something must basis. be working. That's 14 years is pretty good. Yeah. What, Bombshell, are you married or single or what? I don't think I'm ever going to get married. No way in hell. Mm. We've heard that line before. No, really. Something, something about, like, the whole responsibility of the domestics. I just can't see myself doing it. Why? Because I don't know how to cook, and I don't want to well, wash anyone's How are you, you eating? You don't want to wash drawers. <laughs> a lot of takeout. Really? And a lot of those chicken wings from Tyson. Tyson chicken wings? You buy, yeah. like, a giant huge bag? The huge bag. Are they frozen? Frozen. Where Put them you, in the oven. Where do you get them? Um, where do I get them? Like those Sam's? Things? Yes. No, well, no, I don't like Sam's, but uh, I have a Robert's. Robert's, like Robert's is a New Orleans uh, supermarket. Where do you live? I live uptown off of Carrollton. Oh, so Robert's just opened up there. Yeah, and it's local. I mean, it's kind of pricey, but, you know, you got to support local. How much is a bag of chicken wings from Tyson? Like eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine for how many wings? Mm, oh, 20 wings. Well, that's, that seems pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean... Doesn't it? It's 10, like $9 for 20 wings. Somebody worked that out. It's like, is that five bucks a wing or something? But if we went to Wally World, it would be like, you know, three ninety nine for a bag. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you got to so support that's local. For, yeah, but you're not getting married because you don't want to have to fry up some wings for somebody else. Well, just that and the fact that every time I meet a guy, I just always wonder if I'm going to meet, you know, someone else a little bit more cooler. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's hotter. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, I get bored really fast. Like, if I could, like, make... Ten men like one man, I'd be happy. Wow. She is having so much more fun than us, Grant. <laughs> I mean, Not really. Know. I mean, I get lonely. You know, like the holidays, everyone gets all familyed up. Is that true, that you don't have anyone out of these ten guys that you could mold into one guy? You don't have anyone over the holidays who wants to hang out with you? It's just wearing me out. It's just too much. Too much? Yeah. Do you have family here? I don't have that much family. Um, what happened to them? Um... My mother's in Texas. They said they were not coming back to uh, New Orleans after the storm. Yeah. They were just like over it. They're, I mean, but you know, they 
did the whole Betsy thing, so it's like two times. For yeah, them. right. Right. So they left and went to Texas. What part of Texas are they in? What were Texas? Wow. So you don't want to go there <laughs> too much, right? I, I, I went visit her. It's a lot of pavement. Oh, like they got rodeo over there though, like you ain't never seen before. <laughs> I tell you, that's about it. So okay, so that's your that's your parents or just your mom? Did you say? My mom, my dad died. Okay, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, but and so any brothers or sisters? Well, my daddy had a lot of kids, like nine of them. That qualifies as brothers and sisters, I believe, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't. I haven't talked to most of them. Out of n- out of nine, how many are you close to? About three. Three out of nine. That's pretty good for most families, isn't it? (laughs) But they're strange. (laughs) What's the main difference between you and them? Uh, We're we're all strange. But what what separates you from them? Why why wouldn't you want to be close to your family at Christmas, for example? Well, I just never did the whole family thing. I was a little uh, ostracized a little bit. Ostracized because you're too wild? Not really. It's just everyone just kind of went their separate ways and always had music. To make that like music was my best friend, music was my boyfriend. Is that your husband? Yes, my turntables. I got two boyfriends, my left table, uh, my right table. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So music separated you from your family. It didn't separate me, but it's what I gravitated towards. It was all dysfunctional, so I had music. And then I, every like dope dealer movie I ever watched, the DJ always made it alive. The so. DJ makes it out alive. The it's DJ like, always makes it out alive. It's like the, in the piano, movie. the piano player in the old western. Right. Don't don't shoot me. I'm the <laughs> right. piano player. Exactly. Yeah. That's what DJing was for me. DJ was a way out of your family. Well, I mean, my family and poverty. I mean, and was, everything. Yeah. Are you are you wealthy now? I'm not wealthy, but you know, I was just thinking to myself um, the other day when I was sick. I was like totally sick, and I had like my hot toddy and my computer and I was just wrapping around covers and I was just thinking like damn 10 years ago I didn't even have like heaters in my apartment so Whoa. you know I mean it's it's I've seen places that I've never would have gotten the opportunity to see um I was able to pay for school and take care of myself because I was literally on my own at 17 so wow where are you yeah none of these nine brothers or sisters or your your well, mom he or had anyone? like eight different baby mamas Wow. My dad. Yeah, he's a lucky guy. He was very attractive, a lover boy. I, I finally got to meet him when I was 17, and he was just had, he just reminded me of Bill Clinton, just so much charisma. So you really can go through life on your good looks. You really can. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Yeah. Well, how's that working out for you, Rico? I got to tell you all, too, guy. out in Radio Land, this girl is so beautiful. She has got dimples that Making could, lo- you know, Lloyds <laughs> of London needs to insure those dimples, man. She is gorgeous. And how do you get on with this sort of suave talk normally, Rico? Does it work for you? Well, beauty is my business, man. It is, because you're a photographer, really. I stole that, I stole that line, Rico's actually. Yeah. Beauty is my business. From um, uh, Mark Bingham, a band he used to produce called MX80 Sound, and they have a record called uh, Beauty is Our Business or something. And I just thought, that's really good. That's I'm going to use that the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah, it's a good line to drag up. You come from a musical family, Alexis, right? Yes, I do. Um, my dad plays drums... Um, so I was always around it as a young kid, and, and uh, my mom, my mom tells the story that you know, as a young kid, I would at his rehearsals, I would go around like banging the cowbell and rhythm with with whatever they were playing, and and um, she, my mom, raised me on some really good music, and that's how I got into like singing. I would go around singing like Carol King, and um, and she was like, we should put her in choir. So we, you know, 
I did the choir thing, and then I, from like age nine on, I I was classically trained. So. And what does it mean, classically trained? In in, um, in voice. So you know, I did um, like a lot of classical music, uh, Italian, you know, German. Is this opera? Uh, yeah, sort of. You know, I mean, I was obviously young, so it wasn't like exactly what opera should be, but um, I tried it, you know. And um, So from nine years old, you've been singing opera? Well, you know, it was more of like exercising the, the, vocal, the vocal cords oh. and the diaphragm, learning how to breathe, that kind of thing is, is all about like getting classically trained, you know, learning how to breathe correctly so you can hit the notes with for a long period of time and stuff like that. So, you know, my... Uh, my choir teacher was my uh, classical voice trainer, and I would go to her, her house, and she had a grand piano, and um, you know I would spend a few hours there, and then go back home. We had like we had two lessons a week, and you enjoyed it. I did. I really did. You don't think you'd rather be out doing something or playing <laughs> playing Pac-Man or whatever it was when you grew up? <laughs> no, I, I really I was always focused on on making my voice better and, and I don't know something in me told me that this was the path for me and, and I just what kept was wanting. that that told you that I don't know you know I was just Jiminy Cricket <laughs> yeah my little <laughs> conscience on my shoulder told you, me did you know you knew from really really young like I really nine years did. Old, that music was going to be your life I did and so did you bombshell so you're saying the same thing were you nine were you like a kid as well no um I don't know I just started listening to rap music and I started to love it I mean I gain the love for other music as well. Right. Because, you know, rap has samples, so you want to know, like, what's the original sample, and that opened up a whole another world. So you wanted to, you, you, you got excited by chasing music back, and where'd that come from, where'd that come from, and what's right. that? Right, and, and I started an album that's collection. A, that was a self-education. Definitely. No, but you, Alexis, you learned, you went to school. You went to... I went to NOCA. To NOCA, which is in New Orleans... <clears throat> What does it stand um, New for? Orleans Center for the Creative Arts. Right, and you went there as a voice student. Well, actually, <laughs> t- I took a turn and did musical theater. So I did dance, oh uh, voice, and, yeah. and acting, which in turn made me a really good performer. I mean, I'm I'm never really nervous because of it, and um, you know, our voice teacher was a wonderful voice teacher. Our dance teacher was a one. It was all every teacher we had was was the best they could get so I did learn a lot like in all the fields and and it really I really think it it made me the performer I am and I'm glad that I don't have these jitters going through my body all the time when I'm about to perform you know for jazz fest I didn't even get nervous I was just I I performed last year and and I was like expecting I was like Sam you know you have to you have to get me together if I get nervous and I was like I haven't gotten nervous since I was little and and I really didn't I didn't get nervous and and it has to do with doing musical theater I think you know and and you have to do a lot of in acting class especially you have to do a lot of weird things I think it's the leotards that made you <laughs> gave you confidence <laughs> yeah well I see I see you have a guitar a fiddle and a giant drum yeah. yeah so maybe it's time to it's time to hear some of this training in action Alright. Okay. Okay, what do you guys want to play? Okay, well we'll play a little ditty. Do I move my uh, mic around here, Mitch? Okay, Mitch cries on the uh, I'll play fiddle on this one. You're not playing fiddle on this one, Sam? Uh, so is this a song from the Alexis Marceau band? Or yes. wow. Or from <laughs> this is not from Glasgow. No, the, okay. we we can do a Glasgow one later. Um this this is uh, on my upcoming album, which is gonna be released uh, here in New Orleans at One Eyed Jacks on April second. Um, and this is our favorite song on the album, I think. And um, we wrote it together. So um. Possibly or not on a dog walk. <laughs> 
It's called Fox. Pardon our uh, getting situated. Okay.
Sam Craft off the new album. What's it called? Orange Moon? Yes. That is really great. I see all that training actually paid off. <laughs> Thank you. What didn't you say, you guys? Absolutely, Absolutely. beautiful. Really? Absolutely. Really? Great song. That's your favorite. What makes it the favorite song? Um, I think we wrote partly it we wrote it together. And, ah, it, and it's a cool um, story between a fox and a hen that's kind of symbolic of certain Clandestine. things. <laughs> kind of relationship. So and hooking up in the barn, in the barnyard kind of thing. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. rolling the hay. That's right, right. Right. <laughs> Have you all seen the uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox thing at the CAC? We really want to see that. Yeah. You gotta go. I it's know. unbelievable. You it's crawl great. through all these I tunnels, know. man. Are you at, you're great. actually in the Fantastic Mr. Yo, Fox? Oh, yeah. You, you go through all of these tunnels. Oh, it takes an hour and a half to go through it. It's oh amazing. Goodness. Yeah. It's a play, you know. Yeah, but you're in it. Show. It's you're part of it. Yeah, you're part wow. of it. It's interactive. That's yeah, pretty cool. We should definitely go to that. Yeah, it's well, amazing. Good really job, is. you guys. Thank you. We'll Thank hear a bit you. more a bit later on. So, talking of uh, of getting into music when you were kids, I wanted to ask you, Bombshell, because the world of the world of rap and hip hop is not. I mean, to say that it's male dominated is an understatement, really, isn't it? I mean, it's downright hostile to women sometimes. Oh, it's God. a it's a misogynistic world, even where women are sort of downtrodden or spoken badly of normally. So Very much so. What what gave you the the courage to get into that? And and what I was interested in too is when I is to to get into that world and to take it head on and to call yourself bombshell. <laughs> it's not just call yourself DJ librarian or DJ intellectual or just but to call yourself DJ bombshell. Right. Um, it's. It's a battle. <clears throat> it's definitely a battle. Um, when I first started DJing, I knew that I wanted, I was very cognizant of my image. So I didn't, I know everyone is, was expecting me to be um, either very, very butch or masculine, mm -hmm. or they wanted me to be the Playboy bunny on the turntables. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, you know, I kind of grew out of my, my whole tomboy phase, so I, I wasn't really there. And I was kind of tapping into my femininity, and um, I'm a makeup artist by trade, so I was working in that world as well. And then I was never the Playboy Bunny type, and I didn't want to start. And, I mean, business-wise, first, like, coming into, like, DJing, not really the underground scene. When I first started, I was on Frenchman Street, so it was cool. Everyone was all love, and good music and great beats, but when I crossed over and started doing like more kind of like top 40 and commercial and hip hop clubs, 
it was brutal. I mean, from promoters to uh, club owners, I mean, it was horrible. And I just know that I just had to be a, you know, a B-I-T-C-H. And, and that's what? Well, it worked in the beginning. I mean. What, what do you have to do to, to, to be a You just have to definitely be uh, assertive. But my minor in college was women's studies. So I kind of knew what <laughs> I was coming up against. Um, at first, I was very angry. And then I just didn't want to be angry anymore. So I, I learned how to not put myself in positions where I had to be angry. But the job, the job is, is as a DJ, as a club DJ we're talking about, because you've uh, also been a DJ on the radio here, which is yes, something we'll that. talk about in a minute, which is a whole other thing. Right. But being a DJ in that world where you've got two turntables and you're, and you're spinning, what, what do you have to do to, when you say it's, it was brutal, what are guys expecting you to, to, to do or to, perf- to perform like? I mean, are they talking about having sex with you? Well, I mean, all right, that definitely comes up. Everyone thinks that um, basically in order to stay working that you have to sleep with them. Right. And not everyone, but a lot of guys. Or um, I noticed that men tend to treat you as an employee as they would treat their girl. So, however, I looked at a lot of men and I look at their wives or their girlfriends and just basically how they were with their girls, they kind of figured that you were supposed to kind of like go into that role. So for example, I would be DJing a party and they could have a major superstar that came in there and they could be charging $30 at the door, $50 for VIP. So they could have made at least ten dollars to $15,000 that night just at the door, not even talking about the bar, and just don't want to pay me at the end of the night. Nothing. Nothing. One guy actually told me... Um, well, maybe if you let me um, bite you on your ass, you can have the rest, the rest of your money. And I got so mad, and I just just hauled back and decked him. Yes. And he fell back nice. like the Matrix. And <laughs> after I did it, it got, like, all around town. It was around town, like, fast, and I got blackballed in a city. I couldn't get a gig anywhere. Wow. Just because you knocked out a promoter? Yeah, I knocked him out. Who was it? Anybody yeah. famous and powerful? <laughs> We're cool now, so I don't Yeah, okay. Anyway, but, I mean, was it a powerful promoter? He was, I mean, Orleans, he was somewhere? doing parties. He was, he, he had about, he, he owned, he worked for the guy that owned the club. Right, okay. And he told me that. And when I got blackballed, I couldn't get a gig anywhere. I had to, like, go back to working again. And I just was like, I can't put myself in this position. So, like, uh, half the power that you can have as a female DJ is to know people's reputations, know their MO. You know the people that don't pay. You know the people that are <laughs> right. misogynistic. You know the people that always come through no matter what. So once I took control, because I, I just can't knock someone out just because, I mean, he could have really hurt me, you know? Yeah, but you actually knocked him out. <sighs> so you must be pretty strong because you, you, you're quite small. Well, I carry yeah. turntables, so like oh, my got arms. Muscles. Rico, so yeah. was, was Mama said knock you out on the, on the sound system <laughs> at that point? Well, the, the thing that, the only good thing that came out of it was that now when people hire me, they're like, oh, <laughs> got to pay Bob Scheller money, you know? But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's so tough. You're also the first woman DJ to hold down the afternoon drive show right. here in New Orleans, which is a huge thing. On Power 102.9, which is a pretty cool station. How did you get that gig? Um, well, it was a cool station. It's not <laughs> oversell it. It's, um, it was a brand new station, and um, I got a phone call. I think they originally wanted to hire Raj Smooth, but I think he turned it down. 
and they were interested in having someone that was clubbing. And at that time, I was doing like a lot of major parties. Like I was doing parties for Lil Wayne, Trey Songs. It was like really, really good at that time. And they called me and I sent in a demo and they hired me. And um, when I started it, radio is just a totally different world. Mm. What totally does a, a demo consist of? Just like stuff you would play on the radio? Yeah, I just did like a mix. Like, um, like a mix. Like. like I wanted them to know that I could blend and I could scratch because that's another thing. People automatically assume. Right. Oh, she's just up there just slamming records <laughs> like train wrecks. But, you know, I really took pride in my art. I mean, I practiced it for like six years. Just right. like two hours straight. So every night. So... You know, I just did a demo or whatever, mm-hmm. and I got on, and um, my whole life changed. And were you famous? Um, I did get a pretty good following, and it, it was a pretty good following, a pretty fast following, because radio is basically based on advertising, like if a company will advertise and buy commercial spots. So when I was getting a book to, like, appear certain places, and, you know, you get paid for live right. remotes and live broadcasts and things like that, that's how I kind of... That's how you got measured. to be. That's how you. But well, you got pretty well known here in New Orleans, and then you ended up. You didn't end up. I shouldn't say that, but you were a spokesperson for Cool Cigarettes. Yeah, cultural influencer. We uh, cultural went, influencer for a cigarette company. Yeah. Does that come with any sort of ethical problems? Do you smoke cigarettes? <laughs> well, at the time, I smoked cigarettes. How many would you smoke a day? Uh, I smoke like maybe four or five a day. I wasn't. Oh, that's not too bad. Did you smoke Cool? Well, I had to. <laughs> I was like a, a old Virginia Slim girl, but <laughs> yeah. Well, the Virginia Slims look a bit more sophisticated. Yeah, it's slim. but I'm sure they kill you just the same. Yeah, they kill you, and and honestly, I hate to say it, but I got respiratory problems, so I uh, had to stop. You had to quit working for Cool Cigarettes because you actually couldn't well, breathe. Well, Cool Cigarettes pulled out of New Orleans because um, this is like a camel town. It's a camel town. It's a camel town. Wow, cool doesn't work. A one yet. camel town. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with cool? Cool is like uh, that. Is it is it only menthol cigarettes they make, or do they make regular cigarettes too? Um, menthol only. Yeah, it's all it's all menthol. They it were coming out with like the tobacco that you like spit. They were coming out with that when that I, like right tobacco. when we were pulling out. It seems to be aimed at the black community. Cool. Is that true? Uh, is it just a perception? Camel is definitely uh, aimed at the black community. Is it real? From jail. Is it, it's a jail culture. Camel cigarettes. Cool wasn't. Cool was into having the trendy smoke, smoke it. So that's why they had, like, like the popular people in your area. Like, um, it was, like, me, a guy from the Free Asians Jazz Band, and this guy who was, like, a... Um, He's like a barber slash photographer. So they're really into like the whole artsy, right. trendy thing. What, but did you, what did you do? I just went around the city, the country and just performed, like DJed. It was, it was awesome. Like to have the whole New Orleans, like we, they had different cultural influencers in every city. So there was like New Orleans, the Dallas team, the Chicago team, and everybody that was hot in that market, um, just traveled all over bringing. Their right. flavor. So they just sponsored, Cool just sponsored you, like as a performer, like yeah, Southern so I got Comfort. Paid. I got Southern really Comfort paid. has a. So you got, it was a good deal. Oh, it was pity awesome. It was pity you couldn't breathe because that would have been. I couldn't breathe at all. That would have been a good kick to keep I would have rather the alcohol sponsor. I could stand behind an alcohol sponsor. <laughs> That's what we need to hook you up with an alcohol I know. sponsor. Talking of which, what happened to, the, to Rachel? Do you guys want a drink of anything? Do you want another drink? Bump of course show? I do. All the smoke talk is getting me thirsty. 
I'll take a cigarette, but no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. You're, you're not smoking. You can't no, smoke no, in here, Rico. No, no. Hey, Mitch Foreman is here somewhere, aren't you, Mitch? Hey, yeah, I am. What happened to you? You disappeared. You know, and I've, been, I've just been listening, and I, firstly, I feel I need to see some video feed from what's going on over there. <laughs> I'm going to oh, put oh, Bombshell's picture on my face. I better put some clothes on. Take a look, uh, take a look anyway, at it. Sounds... I got, yeah, I've seen, I need to look at the website, but it would be great to have video, a video feed. Yeah, that's a good idea. We could probably do that, couldn't we? Because we saw a great performance. If you had the yeah. little black strips that covered the naughty bits, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, you want to, uh, t- talking of, uh, of, of uh, jazz, was it, did somebody <laughs> mention jazz? We talking about <laughs> so, Somebody mentioned jazz. She said one of the sponsors, uh, one of the uh, people. Thank you, Alexis. Right. <laughs> So I'm a good observer. I've been waiting to chime in, so I can I can get a little give me a like a minute here, and I can tell you what I've been thinking about. Firstly, I I did grow up and was one of these child piano players. Started at seven and went to the classical piano school and the whole deal. And I'm also I'm staring out. My son has been been into DJing too. He just got this little CD spinning turntable thing, Vestex Typhoon. Well, you can spin on a CD player. I have a Vestex yeah, at have, home. It's a whole yeah. thing. It's in. Great. Goes into the computer. Anyway, he's way into it. It's pretty funny. Mm. I want to talk to you about spinning. Oh, okay, maybe we can talk about that now. Then, what goes on when you when you when turntableism, which is different from just playing records, right? Mm-hmm. Can you? Oh, can we do that, Rachel? Come on in. Here's our waitress. Sorry for, sorry for interrupting about the tournament myself. You got, what would you like, another brandy? Yes. Brandy another sour? Brandy sour. Right. Rico? No, I'm good. Another thanks. one? Anything you guys? No. Gin and tonic. All right. Vodka Yay. tonic? Yeah. Vodka yeah. tonic. <laughs> <laughs> Not alone. Okay, we're good to go. Thanks, Rachel. Now the whole world knows what yeah. we, we, we drink. Yeah. So, so they know what to buy us when they come to us. I have no waitress service here. <laughs> you're on your own. Oh, poor Mitch. The studio. I hate so, that. So I no you, assistant, no video. No so waitress. when you're spinning on a turntable, you're, you're selecting pieces of music, mm-hmm. like passages of music to, to stop and start, right? Well, turntablism is a culture. Like, even, there's like subcultures of it. So it's like, I mean, um, you have your two turntables, and in your headphones, you can, like, if you're playing on the left side, in your headphones, you can hear the right side. So what you're trying to do is, on your left side... Whoa, two brains. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're trying to, like, blend in the other... Like, I call it the hi-hats. So if you're listening to, like, a song, and it's like, boom, 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 you're trying to, like, hit those two hi-hats together at the same time. Okay. And once you blend it in, it's on the same time, time measure, at the hi-hats and the downbeats. Kind of like when we counted one, two, three, four at the beginning of this thing. Exactly. But yeah. see, like, how we counted it in, and, yeah. like, he was, like, when he was on one, we were on three. You yeah, can do right. that. Uh-huh. But when you start to fine-tune turntablism, yeah. you start to know that, okay, there's an intro that's going to come in, so I want my intro to come exactly in right when this rapper just mm-hmm. stops rapping. And it just blows in, like, perfect. So that's an instrument. Right, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't. I've never really fooled with one, but our roommate uh, does. He has one of those double discs. And I had. I really didn't have any clue that it. it, You know, you have to. I don't know. Yeah, it's called. I didn't know that much. Beat matching. Went into it, it, you know. But that's really cool. The thing also is that that hip hop pretty much is around eighty beats per minute. Right. Yeah, and so so in a genre of music, you'll have. You know, like house music, for example, is all like 110, 120, because it's like your heartbeat on ecstasy or whatever. Yeah. Boom, doom, 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 doom. 
And so, so, so the genre of music will, will pretty much be in the same beats per minute. So if we all talk ecstasy now, all our heartbeat rates would be the same? Supposedly. <laughs> well, we'd have that in common. Yeah, that would be no, cool. that, that's a big thing for the house that's, scene, you know, is that they really, the music is made to really get people to go higher and higher and, and higher. And it's crazy because, like, I've seen, like, video footage of, um, like, they'll have, like, five turntables set up and people will, like, scratch and use the different beats and make a whole song. Oh man, those shadow records? DJ like Shadow. DJ Shadow. Mash-up. Mashups? Yeah. Do you do any mashups? I haven't done like in a long time. I know we're all interviewing uh, Bombshell here. I have a question. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so I imagine when you're when you're acting as like a, um, as like an, uh, an ambassador to when you were acting as like an ambassador to New Orleans with the cool cigarettes, uh, I imagine you had to play a lot of bounce music. Well, actually, I didn't play that much bounce. Because the thing about it is, it's like when you go into the city, you kind of get a feel for the city because you're still rocking a party. Mm-hmm. So like, but you whenever, don't want to play music that people aren't familiar with. Exactly. Right. But the best thing about um, when I did travel with Cool, it was like the free agents was mm-hmm. with us, so they would do like a hellified, like second line performance. They would bring Mardi Gras Indians with us, so cool. Cool. they got that taste in New Orleans. And then I just right. came on and went ham for like that <laughs> party. Best of both yeah. worlds. Because I wondered yeah. if, yeah. if I, I was I've always wondered if people outside New Orleans know what bounce music is like. like you know what though? Not me. I don't you know. know what's crazy though about that? Whenever like they bring in like you know they pay celebrities to come into the nightclub, right? Whenever there's a celebrity that comes in town, I always play their song on a bounce beat. Uh-huh. And they're always like, what's that song? <laughs> like, what's that beat? Like, what's this remix you did? I heard a, a Beyonce song with a bounce beat. Have you, have you heard that song? Yeah, it's Get like, Me Body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I was definitely a bounce beat. Well, we need to hear some of this, but unfortunately we don't have a way of doing it here, do we? I should have brought something Yeah, up. we were going to bring them, but... We could beatbox. Was... <laughs> Thanks. We could do it. So, so can explain to Mitch Foreman what bounce is. Please. All right, bounce. Okay, a long time ago, a lot of the DJs um, would take James Brown had a song, and they took the loop off one of the songs, and it was the Brown beat. There was these guys called the Showboys, and they had a song. They were from New York, and they had a song called Trigger Man. So they took a loop off the Trigger Man beat and mixed the Brown beat and the Trigger Man beat and started putting it underneath songs, and people in New Orleans started rapping off of it. Started a huge culture called Bounce Music that's been going on since... I w- the first Bounce song I really remember, I was in the third grade, and I'm 27 now. And for a long time, it was just strictly a New Orleans thing. I mean, you, wow. you wasn't known or heard anywhere else, but now... Everybody so, wants to get so in. So is uh, walking like a dog. Is that that's, <laughs> that's about DJ Jubilee? Yeah, yeah. DJ. Okay. Yeah. We we love that song. We love. Yeah. I mean, that's that's to me. I thought that was all over the, the world, and yeah. and Sam was like, no, that was in New Orleans. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people like when I was young, I thought like DJ Jubilee was like nationwide. Yeah, yeah. me too. And so I, you know, I would have friends. Uh, I would meet a lot of friends uh, on choir trips from out of state, and I'd be like. Look, check this song Everybody, out. And you know, it, they don't know, you know the, the song. You know the song. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, they crazy. say it's a derivative from um, a call and response mm-hmm. from like West you know, Africa. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Oh yeah, that whole yeah. Pretty neat. It's strange that people in choirs outside New Orleans don't know what bounce music is. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is what is sissy bounce? Well, there's a couple of guys that are really good friends of mine. Really, really good friends of mine, and um. They're gay guys, and they made songs. 
But it I, it all kind of started from them just rocking the party. Who are these? What are their names? We got Big Frida, Sissy Noby, um, Messy Meyer. Rest in peace was also. But but he does. He's not gay though, so he's not a sissy bounce artist. Or wasn't. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't gay. So these are these are gay rappers. They're gay and, rappers. And what happens? Go on. And they do like a yeah. call and response, and they make songs. Um, Sissy Noby is. Um, well, Frida is. Well, no, Katie Red really started. When Katie Red came out, I was in high school. And when Katie Red came out, we used to follow Katie Red in the projects, everything. Just follow her just to see, see well, Katie Red perform. Um, he used to dress in drag, almost okay. drag. This is a guy. A guy. Because right? um, you said she, I think. Yeah, I know. Cause I, I, I thought think they were all women. I thought like Big Frida and Frida's Katie a Red. Frida's a boy, a oh. very attractive boy. Wow! So I thought they guys. were all women. I yeah, really but they they have very um, you know. So, oh wow! They do. So I would think that being a woman in the rap world is bad enough, but is being gay cool? Well, it's a different culture going on in New Orleans right now. I mean, I mean, as times change, I think um, people are a little bit less homophobic. I think mm-hmm. compared to like the early '90s. So Frida, what people don't realize is with the whole Sissy Bounce movement, a girl's, I mean, my best friend is gay. So girls love Frida and Sissy Noby. They love them. So it's like the movement just kind of grew. And he was singing, like, stuff that girls could, like, respond to, you know, and it so just got really big. Is there a sip going, Rico? Well, well one, one thing about the, the whole Sissy Bounce thing is that... Um, like you were talking about how misogynistic the world of hip-hop is, these chicks are not misogynistic at all. I mean, they, their music is so infectious that it's hard to listen to it and just not start. It's incredible stuff. This is and the lyrics are also so positive compared to your average hip-hop cut. Well, I mean... You know? Uh, and we got to call, call them... I call Katie Red a girl because... Um, because she's always in drag, but Frida doesn't do drag, sis nobody doesn't do drag, so I call them, you know, boys. But yeah, that's right. um, with Frida, who's actually a friend of mine, Frida is like, Frida created this music, <clears throat> and it's, Frida's music especially is more call and response than Sissy Nobi. Sissy Nobi will do like a song that's like, has a storyline or something, or it's a, like an issue or something like that. Frida does a lot of call and response. And like, when he comes in the club and he starts getting on that mic and he's like, rock, rock, the girls just start rocking. It's like everybody just, it's like you love Frida because he's always gonna talk to you. He does like, he decorates. So he does like, he's like a licensed florist as well. So it's like, you can get Frida to decorate your party, <laughs> do your flowers, <laughs> and then and rock sing. your party. He's ready for wow. a reception. He's, he's yeah. the most hardworking he, person is, I know. He is does he affordable? Parties. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's affordable. I mean, but now and he's like all over in China and everything. He might have gone up in prices. Like, yeah, they wrote about him now. on the New York Times okay, and so everything. Wow. This is a whole other world that that is it's great stuff. It's spreading yeah. out of New Orleans. But now, yeah, but it's, to answer your question, Mitch... Uh, I, I uh, never heard of any. The weird thing, the thing about bouncing music is it's like really mainstream here. Like, like, like Alexis was saying, like, you, you talk to somebody from, not from here, and you, you don't, you don't know why they don't know it because it just seems like it's every. It's, uh, it's it like should a, be everywhere. It's like, yeah. if, like if you're at a, I mean, like it doesn't matter, like white or black. If you had a party, whatever, and 
like automatically, but you know, they might play whatever kind of music, like you know, mainstream music. But at about you know one o'clock, when like you know everybody's good and you know ready to dance, it's bounce music from then to the end of the party. You know, but and it's like and it's like it's like high energy, uh, positive dance music. Usually, like a lot of time, like there'll be a dance associated with the song or whatever. You know. Uh, right. Uh, real, uh, it's not like a, uh, it's not a slow uh, groove to it. Really, it's more like um, like how do you describe it? Like it's kind of well, like, you know, it's like high a, energy, yeah, and it's like that's a, another it's thing. Like almost like a, all the hip hop like is so slow, so you it. could yeah. just like you could play all the hot songs on the radio right now, and the party would be like, oh okay, but you could put on a bounce song, and it's like high energy. Mm-hmm. I don't think hip hop kind of did that. Made bounce popular here right. because and, and bounce uses the sprinkler beat they call it on the hi hat. That's the that's actually the trigger man that came from the showboys. Uh, right, right. Let's take a listen to a bounce song. Which song would we listen to if we if we could pick one right now? Uh, You're the DJ. You pick it. <laughs> well, right now a popular song, um, a very popular song, is the Courtney Hart song. Did y'all hear about Courtney Hart? Yeah, I love that song. It's my boy. With, with, with yeah, with with uh, is that who's Magnolia Shorty? Magnolia Shorty, and she just yeah, she's she just died. Away. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a great song. Okay, yeah, let's that's take like a listen to song. a little bit of that. Yeah, and uh, she's local. Yeah, she's local. She just got signed to Jive, actually. So she's gonna make it big with this. Stuff. I mean, Britney Spears is signed to Jive, so <laughs> he loves me. He loves me not. Yeah, this your girl, Magnolia Shorty and Courtney Hart. We about to represent for our boys. Come on, come on, come on, come on.
Rico. Hey. Let's talk about how you got into music. You're a, you're a photographer. Yes. You're an award-winning photographer. Well, well you've won an one award. One or two. Yeah. One or two little awards. Yeah. You've taken photos of some amazing musicians, some amazing photos of musicians. You're one of the people in New Orleans who who photographs, who pictorializes the music. Oh, thank you. And mm-hmm. uh, whose photos people know. They're, your photos are up in restaurants, they're up in galleries, they're in books. You wrote an award-winning book called Zydeco, which is the history. Well, this is sort of the pictorial Bible of, of Zydeco music. Right, right. And, and you're known for that. And then one day, I'm walking down the street, actually, I went to like some sort of outdoor party on the street on Esplanade Avenue. And I see uh, this band playing, and I see you all the, you're the singer and the and the musician. You're the front man for this band called the Creole String Beans. Yes, I am. When uh, did you start doing that? I started playing mu- guitar a little bit in college. You know, I'm not a great guitar player, but I love to sing, and so you know, I learned enough guitar to enable me to sing the songs that I wanted to sing. Had little rockabilly bands, tons of little bands in the '80s, '90s, whatever. But then I hooked up with uh, a fellow Cajun from out in Lafayette, Rob Savoy, who's our resident rock star in the band. And, uh, he was in Cowboy Mouth. He was in Cowboy Mouth, Blue Runners, yeah, right. some pretty big bands. Uh, and so he and I, because we both sort of have that same Cajun blood, you know. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in White Castle. Which is? Which is about uh, halfway between here and Baton Rouge on the west bank of the river. So I'm a west banker. So like are you, are, is your family Cajun? <laughs> oh, man, yes, yeah. So they are, for real. Do you speak French? No, Still? no, they didn't teach us any. No. I'm Cajun, too. Ah, very good. My daughter's name is Marcel, by the way. And the world is very small because we play in um, the Susan Cowsill band. Oh, yeah, uh, Russ. Yeah, Russ. Yeah, Russ. Right. So I played in the Blue Runners with, exactly. with uh, yeah. Rob. And then we played, we played, just played an event with y'all with uh, Krill String Beans at, uh, at Lusher High School. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Lusher thing. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Are you, yeah. You're in the Lusher Dads band? No, actually, I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> they put on a crawfish festival. Yeah, Derek, our baritone player. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm going to play now. Okay. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I'm going to try not to knock you guys over. have played together? Yeah, let me move my drink. Not, um, not in the same band, but we've played. We, you know, all, all the musicians all play together in different Yeah, and New Orleans is, is uh, infamous. Well, it's famous for that. For it's that. not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, we, we all play in each other's bands or at least know each other from So we're, we're, we have one degree of separation band-wise. Right. Because we play with a drummer. He used to play in, in a band with... With one of his band members. Okay. And we play, and you know, Mary Lasang, Susan's bass player, plays in Cowboy, Cowboy Mac. Well. That's right. Yeah, it's a, s- it a small, <laughs> incestuous really family is. here it in New Orleans. I like that. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, Rico, what sort of music did you do you play in the Creole String Beans? How would you typify that for people listening outside of New Orleans? Well, we, we call it Yat Rock, <laughs> which, uh, Mitch, you're probably not going to know what a Yat is, right? No. That's, no, okay. That's familiar with that is with Bounce. Uh, yeah. Well, a yet is a local New Orleanian who talks like this, and you know they're the real, the real New Orleans people. And the term comes from the morning greeting. Instead of saying "How are you today?", what we say down here is "Way yet, bro, way yet." And so the people are called yet, you know. And 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 so we play the local R and B of the fifties and sixties that all the yats grew up with. I remember that song from the St. Dominic Sock Hops, man. Y'all are so good. You know, it's a lot of that kind of stuff we get. You know, but you're not doing it ironically. You like it. Oh, we love it. Oh, my God. It's the world's greatest, most amazing music. Yeah, what's, the, what's the most play amazing? Play some Vince Vance in the Valley. <laughs> <laughs> what's the most amazing of the most amazing music? 
Song-wise? Yeah, which song is the most amazing of all the most amazing songs? Oh, man, that's so hard to do. There's just too many great ones. I mean, you know, anything written by Alan Toussaint and performed by... Ernie Cato would be okay. high up on the list. All Which the one? Fats Domino stuff. Is Which killer. one do you want to play for us? Um, wow, a two cent song by Cato. The, the one we're doing now is called "Here Come the Girls," and it was a little weird to play this just me and the guitar. I mean, because we have a six piece band, two horns. You know, it's it's a big uh, mm. it's a big a big band. But I'll give it a shot if y'all okay. want to. You know, bear you with think? me. Yeah. You want to hear it, you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Cicado song. It was actually big on a commercial in uh, in England or something. Here come the girl. Here come the girl. Looking so good. It's a doggone shame that they couldn't all be mine Looking so pretty, it's a doggone pity Oh, looking so fine Look out, brother, let me get with it Get closer to the one I love Anything better than the opposite sex Must have kept it up, up, up Here come the girl, girl, girl Here come the girl Without coffee, I can live without tea, and I'm living by the honeybee. Now the Phillies stay, I can leave a tape, but the girls are part of me. And oh, water, I don't need no lemonade. But to live without girls, I can't live without girls, like a man with a hole in his head. Here come the girl. Here come the girl. Here come the girl. Looking oh so fine, could it all be mine? Looking so pretty, it's a doggone pity. Looking so fine, oh water. I don't need no lemonade, but to live without girls, I can't live without girls like a man with a hole in his head. Here come the girl. short because you know we'd normally have tenor sax solos yeah. and stuff like that in there yeah here come the girls is originally any Cato song from what year Cato actually it's very interesting because um it was never released it's from an album that was never released um and which is just amazing because it's one of Cato's best songs ever here come the girls had you ever heard that before bombshell I never heard that. I just like the uh, riff. The only thing I remember from Randy Cato is mother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. That's what, what he's famous for. Baby. Yeah, he was huge in the early 60s. He had some number one hits. How did he get hold of an unreleased Randy Cato song? Um, because it was put on a commercial in England for like perfume or hosiery or something. It's an amazing commercial because it starts off with like makeup maybe. And one woman doing her makeup, you know, and the riff comes and it starts with a parade beat. <laughs> She's putting her makeup on, right? 
And then the second woman shows up, and here come the girl. And then another woman shows up, and then more women start coming out of the woodwork. And before it's over, there's like three thousand women all marching. Here come the like, girls toward the camera. Yeah, it's it's an amazing commercial, wow. and it became very big in England. I'm going to YouTube and so, it. yeah, you should YouTube yeah. it. Here come the girls. It. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. It's so good. Is that where you first heard it? So you thought, hey, we got to do that. Well, you know, a few bands locally started doing it. Or something. I don't know where we actually first heard it, but you know, it's one of those songs when you hear it, you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be doing that one for sure." And you know, what's great is that we play some wedding receptions, and like when the bridesmaids come out after getting dressed or whatever, and we bust yeah. up on that, everybody goes nuts, man. The grandmas jump up like, <laughs> "Look, here come the girls!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, really. That's cool. Hey, look, we're running out of time, like pretty, pretty viciously here. But I, I would hate to leave without making you guys do another song. <laughs> Let's just want to talk to you guys for one minute or so about a rock opera that you're writing that I heard yeah. about. Now, is this true? Because I read this thing on your website. The rock opera is called 1986. Correct. And it, it's basically about Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, yes. who <laughs> well, who are living in the Reagan era, <laughs> yeah. and it's about a sort of set against the backdrop of a nuclear meltdown. Correct, right. yeah. Joseph, who is Jesus' father, First, is somehow of a sort of a spy or selling yeah, you, weapons you, to right. the you summed it up. Contra. Right. There's nothing exactly. That's the story. <laughs> First of I was hoping I had it wrong. <laughs> but, but first off, it, it's it's uh, Glasgow that's doing, which is mm-hmm. is the same uh, band Sam started, and uh, I joined later on. And um, Sam wrote this incredible story um, based on the year 1986. It's basically an excuse to put the year 1986 in the song. So <laughs> okay. the story is kind of uh, like a. It's, it's, it's like any musical. The story right. is pretty sort of thin. Right, right. But, but, but we thought we'd make it. We thought we'd make it thought provoking at least. But right. the, but the, it, it's really just we, the, it's the year 1986 in song. So we talk about the Challenger disaster and uh, and uh, and a Chernobyl. Yeah. And, uh, that was all in the same year. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah Incredibly. And the whole, mean, the whole Iran-Contra affair came to a head yeah, that year. Yeah, when we started with, doing uh, the research, it was just bam, bam, bam. Yeah. How, old were, you, how old were you guys in 1986? I was zero. Zero? <laughs> <laughs> that was the year uh, he was born. That's the year you were born. <laughs> yeah. What and month were you born in? September. Which was the same year the Challenger went up or the yeah, Iran-Contra thing? What, oh, what happened on your, close to your birthday? Close to my birthday? Uh, well, it had, all, it had all happened pretty much. So you were the, uh, like the final. Yeah, yeah. I was the final of 1986. I wasn't even born yet. So. <laughs> what, what, what year were you born? 88. Alexis? 88. The only thing so that happened in two. my year, I think, well, I mean, I have to do research, but uh, JFK was assassinated on my birthday. But oh, congratulations, that's great. Well, no, it's no. not. Well, it could be, a, it could be rock opera number two. Right, I'm about, I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to write my own, I think. Mm. But uh, yeah. So, so how's it going? Are you go close to? Yeah, we, we, we've we've written most of it, and we're um, and we have a local uh, company interested in, in producing it with us. So you're gonna and actually then, put it on stage? Yeah, it's gonna go on stage. I, what form it's gonna take? I'm not sure. I mean, it, we we kind of we perform the songs of it uh, live now. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the Who doing Tommy versus like a Broadway cast doing Tommy. You know, kind of thing where it's like yeah. you see the band. And we're we're the parts. You know, we're the characters. Yeah. And it, it's not unheard of. I mean, they have productions where the band is the are the characters and what, whatnot. What, but what is one of those? Well, uh, they have, is there so, a famous? Yeah, one? no. There's a production of Wicked going on right now. That's yeah. that's uh, the, the band is all on stage playing. I mean, playing cellos and stuff while they're you know the characters. So you're going to yeah. be the char- you're the characters. So who are you playing? Jesus, Joseph, Mary? No, I'm the Joseph character. And the, and and, and, and the she's the Mary. Character. You're Mary. Yeah. Alexis, you're Mary, mother of Jesus. Yeah. And <laughs> then and you're and Joshua. Jo- in this I'm, case. Joseph, I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph. Which is because Mary and Joseph were a couple, and you're a couple. Right. 
Right. So and, so that, and we've had we have acting experience. So yeah. you're, you're trained. You're trained. Who knows? Actors. We might take it to New York. Yeah. Wow. And who's going to play Jesus? Who's going to play Joshua Jesus? Joshua first. Joshua. I know, but it's, <laughs> right. it's a story of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So Joshua uh, is is can be played by you know like a really a really well behaved Cabbage Patch doll. Uh, <laughs> so it's baby. It's yeah. baby Cabbage oh, yeah. Patch. Yeah, you should Joshua. get Lil Doogie to do a cameo. Lil Doogie, yeah. So yeah. would you do this yeah. in a church sale? Um, no, it's not, it, it's it's not, not exactly uh, uh, liturgical, uh, <laughs> let's just say. But you could... You could, you could, uh, you could Where would you do it? This could be... Pulled, the, the point of this was to take musical theater and put it in a, like a rock venue. You know, oh, so you want, to, you want to do right. a... If, a you, if you go um, on our website, GlasgowBand.net, um, you can see videos of us kind of doing it in the way that we possibly would do it in a theater. Yeah, it's, um, in, it's in a very we, we did we did some selections from it in a very simple theater at, at actually at, at, our, at our at our place we graduated New Orleans. Yeah, they were the very nice Arts. to us to our alumni. They let us use this amazing space that they have. Every space they, they have there is amazing. Yeah, uh, but this one room uh, is just a little simple black box theater with really good lighting and we and we we took one day and we did four songs and you can kind of see how we would pull it off live. So you can you're right. asking what would this look like? You can go to glasgowband.net and see videos of what how we would do it. Right. Wow. Okay. And then eventually, maybe one day it'll go off Broadway yeah, we, we, or Broadway itself. We, w- we want to do something. <laughs> we, we're going to do a more proper. Uh, we're gearing toward a more proper stage rendition of it with actors and whatnot and everything else in scene in a uh, scenery. But the band would always be on stage. Yeah, we'd be. We'd be. We'd still be. You'd still see us doing our thing. Can we? Can we hear one more song? Because yeah. we are going to have to move along out of this bar at the Collins Hotel eventually. To let more drinkers in. All right. Well, uh, I guess on we, we can that actually note, we'll we'll do a, a song, the first song from the rock opera. The song from the rock opera. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have your pick? Nineteen eighty-six. I know. I know. Right oh, it's a bit of a. Okay. We're just getting set up. It flew out. I know. What is the? Uh, look, you have a map of the entire here. world on your arm. I do. <laughs> you got a pick, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch Foreman's got it. Right, Mitch Foreman's got Okay, oh, okay, now Trish is down on her hands and knees to find it on the floor of the what, what have we got in bar? I, I, I don't have video for all this. Oh, uh, it's actually Believe me, it's a theater right. of the mind here. Well, uh, well, we're going to have to. We're going to. Uh, no, we, we can just do it. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need no stinking pick. That's right. We don't need it. We really don't need it, actually. It's cool. Well, after all, all right, that so, uh, I okay. can't hear anybody anymore, so, uh, but we're going to... But uh, a quick plug, if you like uh, our, our music, uh, AlexisMarceau.com and GlasgowBand.net is where you can hear it all and so get you, anything you want. So, you just heard an Alexa, you heard an Alexis Marceau song earlier from her album, upcoming album, Orange Moon. This is a song from our uh, upcoming rock opera, 1986. It's available yes. right now on a 1986 EP. You can find all that about that GlasgowBand.net. This is the first song from that. It's called The Birth of Joshua. One, two, three, and... Joshua, come alive, come outside, rise and shine. Don't stop breathing nice and easy, yes, it's almost time. Joshua, Joshua, teach me how to be holy. Stop breathing nice and easy, yes, you're doing fine. Joshua, exercise, what's inside, purify me. It's too late for shots, so miss, please, you've got to try and deny the pain. But here comes face to the heads coming through, you're starting to dilate. Welcome to Stop 
pushing nice and easy. Yes, you're doing fine. think we can say yeah. we've heard everything I never thought I would ever hear a song about the birth of Jesus and actually in the terms of keep pushing what is the actual lyrics about you're dilated we keep it real what, what are the lyrics to that Alexis I love it he said that, that part a, yeah I'm the doctor I'm, okay. I'm delivering okay what are, what are the lyrics to that where Jesus is now about to be born yeah, uh, uh, what and a, it just, did you just say those lyrics for us? I said, uh, keep breathing, don't stop breathing, you're almost there. And then the next verse, if, if I got the words right, it was yeah. keep pushing, don't, don't stop, stop pushing. pushing, you're almost there. Yeah. But you say uh, the dilating. Oh, the dilating, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you say I can see the head? Yeah. yeah, the head's coming through, you're starting to dilate, dilate. Uh, and, um, you know, that's just... Uh, Unbelievable. We're trying to, we're trying to paint a picture. Beauty of labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we really, I think we've covered that, every type of... Every type of music available. You know, I think this was the, in one New of the Orleans coolest today. interviews because we have a, a very wide spectrum of what goes on in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. and um, and we hope everyone liked it. But we surely had fun. I think. Yeah, I had a lot of fun too. <laughs> I'm it's very a- fascinated with you guys. Like, really. <laughs> we should make fast- our stuff into mashups. We should definitely do something together, and we can get some, we can get a photo documentation of yeah, it. Yeah, some all. bounce yeah, music. Exactly. Right. That would be a great idea. Okay. Yeah, we need to, and we need to wrap up here. So just before we go, so we just go through the. We talked about your website. Where would we find stuff that you're that bombshellboogie.tv. Bombshellboogie.tv. B-O-M-S-H-E-L-L. Yeah. There's no B in bombshell. No B in bombshell. The B is silent. What happened to the B in bombshell? The second B. I just didn't want it there. Didn't like it. Yeah. No, I didn't want it. Didn't like how it looked. No, I just it just didn't look cute. Okay, so it's Bombshell Boogie, B-O-M-S-H-E-L-L Boogie, B-O-O-G-I-E dot TV to find your stuff. And Rico, where do we go to find your stuff? Uh, to see my photographs, you go to rickolivier.com, and that's spelled R-I-C-K-O-L-I-V-I-E-R. It's not Oliver. Cajun. Not Oliver. It's Olivier. It's right. Cajun, after all. Rickolivier.com. And then to uh, hear the band, you go to creolestringbeans.com. Okay. And Facebook and all that good stuff. Too. And you're everywhere. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for joining us here at the Collins Hotel today. Thank you. Our show is live from the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. The Collins Hotel is a beautiful, big hotel. Sort of, how would you describe it? Elegant? Very elegant. It's elegant, debonair, classy, all of those adjectives. It's a great my place. first time here. Pretty Baby was, it, was shot here, wasn't it? Pretty Baby was shot here. Yeah. Yeah, Bombshell, how would you describe it your first time at the Collins? So New Orleans. And how was the drinks? 
so wonderful. Okay. It's, a great it's New place. Orleans. <laughs> it's a great place to come down and have a drink at the Collins Hotel if you live in New Orleans. If you're visiting New Orleans, it's a great place to stay, and you can check it out online at thecollins.com. Our show is produced by Tanya Castellanos and Trisha Kaufman. Mitch Cry is the guy who's doing all the technical stuff for us. Cliff Brickton is putting the web together and making sure we all behave. Mitch Foreman is playing the piano in our studio in Los Angeles. For It's New Orleans, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.